I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, everyone. Jeremy here, again. Uh, And still, without Brian and Taylor, uh, the boys are still in Halifax, and I'm... I'm all by my lonesome here on on Prince Edward Island. All by my lonesome, except for my beautiful wife. Yes, you. (laughs) Um, uh, This week's episode is a really special one. So essentially, we've we've blasted through all of our Toronto episodes. We had this huge trip to Toronto. It was amazing. We interviewed... Uh, you know, people like Chris Hadfield and and awesome people like Drew Dudley and uh, and uh, George Karunas. And it, it was just a really, really cool trip. Um, but now we're back to home base. Uh, and this is actually an interview that we recorded a couple of months ago. And it's really special because it was the first time that I ever got to sit down and legitimately talk to a professional about what lung transplant, double lung transplant looks like for a CF patient. I met Dr. John Granton at a, uh, a keynote speech that I delivered at uh, a charity event for the Ontario Lung Association. Dr. John Granton heard about the podcast. He heard about the fact that I <laughs> have pre-opted out of the, the, the choice to have a double lung transplant when that day comes. If you've been listening uh, in regularly, you would know that that's not my bag. And he thought, well... Fuck that! I'm gonna I'm gonna show up and tell this kid what's up and uh, try to change his mind. And I'm not gonna say he changed my mind, but he 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 opened up my eyes and opened up my ears uh, pretty damn wide. So sit back, uh, relax, tune in, and enjoy this incredible conversation that we had with Dr. John Granton. And oh, also uh, check out the campaign that uh, the national campaign that they are running. It's called Breathing as One. Uh, Brian Taylor and I have, uh, have now become ambassadors for breathing as one. And it's a, it's a really badass campaign. So check it out and enjoy the episode. Welcome to sick boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. Today's guest is Dr. John Granton. He's a respirologist and an organ transplant specialist. Let's talk about that no yeah. one has unless yeah. you go specifically get it yeah so except we, for me i had it we put them on last night um jeremy's really happy I, about it yeah i am because i get a little like i don't know i get a little ocd kind of yeah mm. but i don't want i don't want to drop that word as if it's you know it's just us hanging out yeah i know no i know but oh. i know exactly it's one of those things where you just throw it around like throw it at like depression you can't i don't know i just feel weird about saying oh i've got ocd i don't have ocd you know, you're just very particular. I'm just particular about a few things. Like I wash my hands until they bleed. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> oh, that was great. That um, was rich. So we don't we don't generally have an intro. We just kind of roll, yeah. um, which we are rolling. Mics are hot. Mics are hot. Check right. test test. Can you turn my headphones up? Yeah, I can do that. Thank you. Uh, so, but I feel like, I feel like today actually we should give a little, 
we should give a little kind of a little intro here. You know what I'm going to do? Here, one second. I'm going to do this in a real professional way. I'm excited to see <laughs> to see what you're going to whip up in yeah, 10 I seconds. I can't imagine it's that's going to be, gonna be real, professional. We real have professional. A, we have a special, a very special guest with us today. Uh, first off, our guest today is definitely the most uh, medically medically educated person we've had on the show for sure to date. For sure, uh, um, yeah, he can back that up. Oh, I think with, he, with he definitely can. Paper and things. Our guest today is uh, Doctor John Granton who is a professor of medicine at the University of Toronto and head of respirology at University Health Network. Now, this may not be updated. I'm just reading this off yeah. the internet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> respirology real, real at, professional, at University Health Network, Mount Sinai Hospital and Women's College Hospital. He is a consultant in respirology, lungs trans- lung transplantation and critical care at the Toronto General Hospital. He established and remains the director of pulmonary hypertension program at the University Health Network. My God. He is the chair of the board. What the fuck else do you do? He's the chair of the board of the Ontario Lung Association. That's the big one. And chair of the National Fundraising Advisory Committee for the Canadian Lung Association. His research interests are in pulmonary hypertension, exercise, physiology, and critical illness. How accurate are those? Wow. That's, that's not We're, bad. Are those Did, pretty yeah, up to date? That's pretty good. Is Did, there anything you'd like to add? I'm going to put the Jeopardy music in there <laughs> yeah, exactly. while you're reading that. That's quite a, <clears throat> that's quite a long that's list a mouthful. of... Yeah, yeah, that is a mouthful. Two, that is two paragraphs. <laughs> off, My mother uh, wrote it. My mother wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from Critical Care Canada Forum. I don't know what that is, but... Oh, that's a meeting. That's... Uh, that's you. Thanks. Thanks Good for being here. Thanks no, for being thanks on for the, the invitation. Show. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Guys, we got a fucking doctor yeah. on the show. I know. We this is crazy. crazy. You sucked me in. Yeah. We made it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we made it. We convinced somebody to do it. <laughs> oh, man. From the very first episode, we kept on saying, okay, we're, we're not doctors. Uh, so like this, this is our kind of our way of explaining this. We have no idea whether it's actually factual or not. We don't have to say that. This I just told you guys we're from the CBC. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I have worked with the CBC. I actually, I've done a lot of work with the CBC. I go way back with them. I'm also best friends with Chris Hadfield and I've had an award-winning show. Okay. Well, we haven't met CBC. I'm very famous, very famous. And, uh, uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, coming back to you, Dr. John. Uh, so what are you doing in Halifax, man? Oh, we got a meeting on in uh, Halifax. So we have an annual respirology meeting every year and, uh, we all come out to get together and, uh, mainly, you know, it's a lot of friendships, but there's some research and, uh, discussion around clinical care and, uh, uh, there's a mixture of physicians and non-physicians and, uh, it's an opportunity to get together. Really. And it's, and it's primarily focused around respirology. That's the, yeah, that's lung, the lung disease, lung yeah. disease period. Yeah. Okay. So I've got, I've yeah. got one. One real question that's it. uh it's I'm just wondering how hard do doctors party? <laughs> I hear conventions can Dude, get pretty rowdy. Dr. Yeah. John showed up with like twelve beer. For himself. For himself, yeah. And a funnel. What the fuck? <laughs> it with three houses. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming they party hard. You got I mean, I, you know. Work hard, party hard. I, I, that, that's, that would be my... That's Jeremy's philosophy. Yeah, that's yeah. my philosophy. So if I, you know, I can imagine if you went to school for that long. How long did you go to school to be all of those things I listed? <laughs> Christ, did you yeah, just we're, all, we're still in school. That's the problem, right? Yeah, you never you're leave. always learning. Yeah, you're always learning. So. That's kind of what yeah. you're here 
doing. Yeah, exactly. Right? So it's an, it's a, like like you guys. You're always learning, always pick up new things, uh, learning new techniques, new methods. Yeah, it's all, totally. it's all the same. That's why you New can technology. trust doctors. Yeah, exactly. Because they're always educating always themselves. Educating. That's right. Kudos. Uh, I got it. So you have, is, is respirology the, the thing that you've focused on your entire career? How old are you? Can I ask, can I ask that yeah, question? Yeah, no, I'm uh, turning 55. Okay, yeah. and you became a doctor. At what age were you like, well, I, I am officially a doctor? 1987. So, okay. yeah, it was a while ago. You were Before I was yeah, born. before you were born. Yeah. I was like, you freaked me out when you told yeah. me your birthday. Like, I know. Bugger. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be the yeah. oldest person we've had on the podcast, too. Are you 87? I'm 88. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm 88. Yeah. Uh, so right out, out of med school, were you, were you like lungs? No. That's my jam. Oh, I no. didn't like spit. Oh no! Oh wow! Didn't want to do the the respirology thing. Yeah. I was going to do neurology. Then I wanted to do uh, infectious diseases, and then I wanted to do respirology. And then I got into critical care and went a little back to respirology. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a? That's did you have a, a, I love that you said I didn't yeah. like. I don't like spit. I don't like spit, dude. Sputum. That's a big thing. <laughs> I know. I know. That's a big. thing. <laughs> now I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the spit. Wait, did, tell us about it. sputum. What's sputum? It's uh, mucus. Uh, I think is, is yeah. that like a yeah. word from? It's another. It's, it's synonymous. It's with yeah. mucus. The, yeah, mucus. The gross word for mucus. Sputum? Is that what you're trying to get rid of all the time? Uh, I'm trying to clear out the sputum from my chest. Oh. Yeah, the mucus. The mucus from my lungs. Interesting. Yeah. There's mucus all all (laughs) in my body, everywhere. It's not just my lungs. It's it's somewhere in my my dick and balls for sure because I can't come semen that can impregnate a woman. I, that, that's not the medical way to say that. Jesus Christ, Jeremy. Wait, hold on. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, I thought it was that's, just in your lungs. No, no. dude. That's yeah, CS, most, A lot of organs produce lubrication. So, yeah, lungs are one of them. Stomach, intestine, pancreas, liver. Pancreas uh, is why I yeah. can't digest my food. Yeah, oh, exactly. no shit. The, yeah. the sputum in my pancreas. If we, oh, it, so man, like, he, like, like he's got to, like normally when you run through a lake, water, it's easy, right? right. He's got to run through like a swamp. Crazy. Yes. Oh, I'm the swamp Because I yeah. thought, what I thought your CF was, was that it, you couldn't clear mucus that was developing in your lungs. I knew that part. Yeah. And then I just thought that some other byproduct of the disease uh, uh, prohibited you from developing the enzymes. But it's actually the mucus that gets in the way? Yeah. yeah. John, I, I'm going to ask you, can I call you John or do I yeah, no, call no, you no, Dr. No, John? No, John? Thank God, yeah. that's such yeah. a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, John, <laughs> is it due to, uh, from what I understand, it has something to do with this like the salt in my body yeah. or the sodium chloride channels is that a yeah so it's your 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 um your salt your uh secretions have a lot more salt like if you lick the skin it probably that's why salt. i got a salty yeah, salty, salty taste, skin yeah, yeah because you, you're not boy. able to clear that sodium so yeah. the, the 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 it's one of the reasons why the the secretions are much more thick and that's why it's hard to clear in the lungs like normally there's like these kind of cilia that beat one direction and they kind of move the mucus out of your lungs and it, you, like you clear your throat a little bit <clears throat> and it's gone, right? Yeah. Right. it moves up in your throat and it's gone. Whereas you have to, it's it builds up and it's just clinging into the walls. And it's thick and then it gets infected and then the airways get inflamed and they become damaged and then you get up with uh, advanced lung disease. So the, the key to you is getting rid of it, right? So that's why exercise, Talking, you talked about you know your voice training and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Like that is so important in trying to clear your secretions. Yoga, concentrating on breathing, clearing yeah. those the, those airways, expanding your lungs, keeping them open. It all works. I know some some people who do like uh, trumpet and things like that, which is fantastic, right? That's why my yeah, parents crazy, made me do the trumpet yeah. when I was in junior high because yeah. there's crazy breath work involved. You got to yeah. blow so you hard. Blow hard. Did yeah. you did you play trumpet for a while? I did for a little bit. 
Yeah. yeah. I was a little fucking, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Miles Davis on the trumpet. Okay. I think Brian was sure. going in a different direction with that. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Well, I wasn't, but now that you mention it, I could go that way. Um, Dr. John, did, did you mention neurology and infectious diseases? Yeah. Did you do any stints in those? or Just, did you you know, just as training, you go through there and you kind of realize, uh, probably not, maybe not for me, and then uh, moved on to something which I uh, found more interesting. So, so I, yeah. I'm not a... I'm not a I'm not a diagnosed hypochondriac, but uh, That's okay. but I could. We get, all are, right? I, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I could get bit. pretty scared. Yeah, did, you all go- Doctor Google, right? You go there. Right <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't need Doctor John. I can just yeah, go, just go Google, to Google. Right? We all do it. Even doctors do it. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> as, as, you're the, as you're behind the desk, getting yeah, exactly. all the symptoms from your patient, yeah, you're just right. going WebMD. Yeah. That's why they say that you can't use WebMD because they're using it. Then if you use it, I can tell you right now that there's someone out there listening to this going. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> I knew it. So Dr. John, did, uh, did infectious diseases make you uh, a little bit uh, scared for the future of the planet? No, not as much. You know, there's, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, Donald Trump makes me scared for the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Drump. Amen. Something we can Drump. agree on? Yeah, no, yeah. no. Well, you know, all these viruses and everything are frightening, right? And they're mutating and then we're using more and more antibiotics. We're getting all these resistant bacteria. So, yeah, it's going to get challenging. Were you dealing with anything uh, in particular or were you just de- dealing with like cases of infectious, of infectious diseases in the hospital? Like no, you know, I, we just rotated it through his residence and stuff. And so you kind of ha- you sample. It's like you try out different different wines along your journey through through school and you say oh i like that one i'm gonna take this one more. right okay yeah, and you go that path right right and then you and then you landed on respirology yeah. and that was the yeah that was it that, that and critical the- care so they they kind of marry together nicely and they're both uh, interesting and they uh, a lot of people with lung disease end up critically ill so um on on breathing machines so that kind of fit well so yeah mm. what's your favorite thing about uh about respirology Favorite thing? Well, I deal with a particular d- condition called pulmonary hypertension. So that's a disease of the circulation of the lung, not necessarily like the airways or the breathing passages, but more the blood supply to the lung. So yeah, I'm, a, I don't know what that is. I've never yeah. like what if, what would what does someone who has pulmonary hypertension yeah. what is it is it an invisible disability kind of like CF? Yeah, like, kind of like a lot of my patients park in disabled parking and get yelled at because they don't look sick, right? But they are really short of breath and disabled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can I get a fucking disabled parking pass? Maybe. <laughs> oh, shit. I got to look the, into that. Fill out the application. I got to look into <laughs> that. Fill the application. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I would love one of those passes. Really? Why? I'm just kidding, Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Maybe when I, you yeah. know, maybe when I can barely breathe and walk. But um, Does hypertension have anything to do with uh, blood pressure? No, you, so the hypertension in your arms is different. Like that's, that's uh, narrowing the vessels or, uh, of, of your arms, like current and, and involves the coronary artery than the heart, but this is a, a disease that often involves the blood vessels that go through lungs, and I, I often say, I don't want to go too much for you guys, because you'll start falling to sleep, but no, you... I'm uh, fascinated. Okay, sure. Uh, so it's like taking a garden hose and kind of kinking it, and mm-hmm. so you don't get enough fluid or water going through it, so right. the same thing happens, and the hose begins to dilate and, and expand, and the right. water leaks out and, and you know floods your basement or whatever, so the basement's actually your lungs, or your or your heart, or in, in, your, in your legs, so you start to get heart failure as the pump starts to fail. This is mostly... Mostly older people? No, they're young. So kids, like kids, uh, kids can get it. Uh, 
I see a lot of young adults, young women in particular, get it, and the uh, leads like it shortens their life out, without treatment. They die in two years. Oh, it, yeah, fuck. it's like serious. It's as bad as any cancer. <clears throat> wow. Is there? Yeah. Is uh, yeah. what are the symptoms like? Just shortness of breath. Uh, That's it. You're not going to get all hypochondriac on me, right? Taylor, Taylor literally was just yeah. saying how he's short of breath. <laughs> I'm feeling short of breath you right now. Might want to get yeah. that doctor next yeah. to you to check <laughs> you out, bro. Yeah, no, but you get short of breath and your you might legs start to swell and things like that. Yeah, and how so. do you how do you check them? So if somebody comes in and and they're exhibiting those symptoms, yeah. like. What's the what's a telltale sign? How do you how do you diagnose that they have? So usually need an ultrasound of the heart or something like that to look at to see if the heart or the garden hose or the pump is stretched. So that's no no we've heard we've heard um, from from people who have been on past guests on the podcast yeah. that uh, that doctors will kind of there's a lot of there's a variety of different ways that a doctor will come into a room and say you have this yeah uh, whatever it is. Um, are what's your training like on that? Like, like how how do you go in and tell somebody? Oh, you have pulmonary hypertension, which means that if if you I don't know if you're not treated, then you could die. Yeah, that's that, hard, right? That's a hard conversation, right? You know, some people know like already that they've read up on it. Again, they go into Google and they know that it's like a bad thing to have, and they come in all prepared, so they know what they've got, they know what it means, and they're freaked out. So it's actually. You actually bring them down. You kind of talk them off a cliff a little bit because you can kind of say, well, there are treatments. There's things you can do and all this kind of stuff. Like they've thought that yeah. it's the worst. It's, it's the way worse, worse, worse than, yeah, it, than yeah. it actually so, is. So it's actually a, it's a better conversation, but sometimes it, it just floors them. And, you know, I sometimes you do it right and sometimes you do it wrong. Like it's, right. it's hard to read how the person wants to hear that kind of information. Mm-hmm. And some people are prepared. And some people have thought about it, and some people just have really not thought about death at all or having something serious happen to them. It just comes from, like, outer space. They're kind of well one moment and then deathly all the next. So I see that in critical care a lot. And, and how, are, how are you trained as a doctor to, to do that? Do they, do they train you to kind of, like, observe, yeah. as you mentioned, kind of how, what might be the best way that this particular <clears throat> patient will respond to it? Yeah, you may not. I, you know, it's a lot of it's on the job. You, you learn through medical school how to kind of talk to people, and uh, you kind of got to get under, into their skin a little bit and try to understand how they might feel. And you know, everybody's rushed and and pushed along, and sometimes you forget to do those kinds of things. So, yeah. and everybody's a little different like culturally, like mm. and within themselves. Yeah. They probably want to hear it a little bit different, and uh, how you frame it, and some people may not have a good grasp of English or may not have a good grasp of medical jargon. And we tend to be too jargony. Like you just, right. all they hear is like death, right. death, death. And, then and they don't, just, everything else just. We had this conversation. It comes up all the time on the podcast because we talk to a lot of people that have something really, really serious. In particular, a lot of cancers, it seems like where, you know, they, they talk about how the doctor came in and, and, and gave them this information. And, you know, one thing we, that we were just talking to, we interviewed someone last night who uh, had leukemia twice. Yeah. Um, and the, the idea that that conversation, you can never get enough practice at that conversation. And that was kind of one of one, a theory that I was thinking, like yeah. you can never, you can never or, stop having need doesn't more get, practice it, it doesn't get easier or it doesn't yeah. get easy yeah, yeah it doesn't get yeah. easy to give that information I, i'm yeah. actually curious to know it's you know through your work and your time as a, a doctor i'm sure fuck, in critical care um all the way through to respirology i'm sure you've come across um countless uh patients or or stories that 
that have been kind of maybe heavy or yeah. or or uplifting in even in the same breath. Um, are there any stories that have affected you on a on a on a deeply human level? Aside, yeah. like all professional side, has is there anything that's really affected John Granton? Yeah, whether it be positive or negative. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't help but get attached to your patients, right? Like, there's some people you really kind of connect with. And you, you travel with them, you get to know their families, you get to know them as people, and and then uh, you know they, they they start to die on you, or mm. they're not doing as well, or they're suffering. Like that's really hard. Uh, I, I often hired. I think the hardest ones are kids. Like I, that's why I can't ever do pediatrics because that I, you know to this day I remember a lot of those kids, and uh, like I uh, I find that just too emotionally wear, wearing for me. I can, I have immediate imminent respect for people who can deal with children because yeah. I, I just couldn't go there. Like I've got two kids of my own and uh, I just start to think about that stuff and I think, oh man, like uh, yeah. it comes home yeah. too fast, too hard, right? Uh, is there any one particular uh, event that, that you've yeah. that you've come across that kind of sticks out? Yeah, you know, I can't go into specifics too much, but yeah, there were, right, there's, course. you know, like a, I remember a young kid when I was training in residency and I remember working with him and he died on, on a breathing machine and I remember working with his parents and I remember him talking to me about the Leafs and everything and, and, oh, and the playoffs man. and all that kind of stuff. And we kept on reassuring, you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine. And, you know, it wasn't fine. So uh, I remember that. That was that was really hard to see this kind of healthy young kid. And, you know, over the next two weeks, he was gone like, yeah. just from a pneumonia. That was crazy. Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, and, and you get other people are kind of in their prime of their lives and they got so much going for them. And then, the, like, they're, you talk to them and, and you get to see them while they're, talking to you and then two weeks later they're they're not there anymore like that's that's crazy is what there a, any, sorry i was yeah. gonna say what about on the other end of it have you ever is there anything that sticks out in your mind that you've seen yeah. and gone holy oh, yeah. shit yeah that yeah. was amazing yeah you do you get the saves right and you, you find something that maybe nobody else found that's really cool and, yeah and that maybe and then you can make them feel better you might not be able to go away but you can make them feel better that's yeah. really good like at least and they then, know yeah and then sometimes you you have these incredible <laughs> saves where people are so sick and uh, they're on life support heart lung machines and you think wow and they they you know their heart stops a few times and they just get through it and they get through it and they've got such strong family support such you can clear it such strong you can see it rather you know such strong inner inner strength and they just get through it and they and that through that long recovery phase and they come back and see you in 12 months and you only recognize them yeah. because you know yeah. they're, like they're they're standing up in front of you and not lying down and you think wow that's amazing yeah. cool you know, after transplant i'll gotta say we'll get into that um, i feel yeah. like we're gonna get into yeah. that yeah. Yeah. but i gotta say you know i remember like there's a few people you'd you'd meet and they were so sick and they were on oxygen and struggling and then i i remember running like three or four weeks later walking down the hall like who the hell is that yeah, it's unbelievable. Right, because yeah. they just like because the the look of them from when they were ill to now they're yeah, you know. like it's it's amazing. Yeah, like people are people have been blue, purple, and uh, they they're pink, and they're walking and they're they're amazing. Like yeah. it's absolutely incredible. That I, like for me, transplantation uh, is is one of the real miracles. Like I, I still think like that is. That is just so cool. Let's to talk to about that. Like and organ transplants? Yeah, organ transplants. It's not just absolute. lungs, like kidneys. And yeah. So transforming. It is you know? a cra- it's a crazy, it's crazy. thing to it really think is. about that we can take the organs out of someone who just f- freshly died yeah. and go, well, these are still good. Yeah. And someone's got some that are real shitty. Let's swap them out yeah. and they'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, the chances yeah. are they may be okay or they could be okay. Like that's... 
<laughs> spoiler <laughs> spoiler alert for uh host of cards fans out there. Oh, yeah. don't do that, dude. Oh, dude don't I do that to people. I was watching that the other day. I, I know, like, but not yeah. everyone has seen it. Yeah, but I don't care. Claire, anyway, Claire yeah. Underwood has sex with the Russian prime minister or whatever. <laughs> Just, dude, dude. I know that that's not true. Stop doing that to me. Anyway, screwing with me. I, 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 think it's, I think we should talk about the lung transplants. Yeah, I, 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 have a, I had a feeling we were going to get into this, uh, mostly because Dr. John is like straight up uh, knows his stuff about transplants. Now, you, I'm assuming... You heard me speak. So the way that we met, yeah. me and you, was I gave a, a keynote speech at uh, the Lung uh, Ontario Lung Association's Breathe uh, event. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us about Breathe? So Breathe really encompasses what we, the Lung Association, are all about, which is breathing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have a national campaign, Breathing is One, which is, is kind of like you guys, right? I think is like real sincere collaboration focusing on a specific thing. This is breathing, but you guys are all about breathing. Mm-hmm. We talked about that so much yeah. like earlier today, right? Mm-hmm. And breathing together, working at a common cause. We're working about lung disease, but it's not really about disease, it's about lung health as well. So this Breathe event kind of celebrates that whole kind of collaboration. So we do it once a year. It's, it's a fundraiser, but it's a way for us to all to get together and celebrate some of the accomplishments. We kind of highlight some people's successes yeah. and we provide Give out awards and it's then we get the lead to listen to really cool people like it, yourself. Yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic yeah, was event. Good. I had I had the, uh, such an amazing night. It was yeah. really fun. Well, um, you were a hit. People loved it. Yeah, yeah awesome. I, it was. It was. We've good had time. a lot of people. We've had Kennedy talked, and we've had a lot of big names come up. And uh, I got to say, you really, really hit home with a lot of people. Cool. Well, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. Yeah. It was really. It was really fun, and the, and the crowd was great. Um, so th- yeah, so we met there, yeah, and I believe in that speech that I gave. Was it in the speech that I said I wasn't going to take? Yeah, transplant? you said that. I said yeah. that in the speech. Okay, you said that, yeah. I've said that on the podcast as well. That's yeah. something that's actually come up. Doctor John, what was times. your reaction when you when you heard that? When you're sitting in the in the audience and Jeremy says that, are you like, oh fuck, yeah. you yeah. idiot? <laughs> no, no, no. I, you're not. You're not the only person who says that. You know, I I said. Uh, you know, that'd be a real loss. That was my first thing. That'd be a real loss. Mm-hmm. I got to say, that was total selfish, mm-hmm. like from a, almost like a societal thing. Yeah. Like, like, you know, you don't like to lose, as a society, you don't like to lose good people, right? Yeah. And so that, would, to me, would be like a horrible loss. Well, okay. How let's let's have a little let's have a little let's have a little back and forth. So let me let me place where I stand in case anyone has forgotten or hasn't heard that episode yet. So if, if you are just tuning in for the first time, I have cystic fibrosis. I've lived with it my entire life. Death, the idea of death or mortality has been uh, a big part of the way that I live my life. It's, it's, it's a, I found out when I was 10 that I was, you know, I was, I was living with a fatal or, or terminal disease. But you, 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 you had it, you knew you I had it. I knew I had it. CF, but I didn't realize didn't that, I, you know, to me, CF was no different than asthma, really. And, right. and, and so it was, I found out that it was, it was a progressive fatal disease, right? Mm-hmm. And in that pamphlet that I read when I found out, statistically, people who were living with CF at that time didn't live longer past like 30 it was like 33 i think was the age that was like the the median age of, of which is still amazing from when i started training. yeah ex- oh god yeah yeah when my parents when i was born my parents were told that i probably wouldn't see 20 yeah right yeah now when i found that out it rocked me however 
over you know a, a period of years and and experiences in my life that idea of dying at an earlier age or that that shortened life expectancy kind of became i don't know it was like it, it kind of became attractive almost it was like this 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 thing that i thrived off of where i was i was making decisions decisions in my life that that uh, i probably wouldn't have made if i didn't have this sort of number looming over me transplant became a thing and 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 came up a lot in conversation you know over the last x amount of years i mean it hasn't been like double lung transplant hasn't been something that i've heard talked about for my entire life yeah. um i feel like it's it's just becoming more and more uh, advanced as we, as I grow older. Yeah. I mean, it's as old as you are. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, but, but it was never like, it was never one of those things that I really thought about until I started getting to the age of, you know, whatever, 20 yeah. and, and going, Oh, well there's, yeah, I've heard of so-and-so who's getting a double lung transplant and that's what they're doing. And I would have to mull that over in my head. Is this something that I want to do now to me, life, the way I see life and the way I see everything in life, I'm all about quality over quantity, Right. I want to enjoy the time I have, or I want to enjoy the, you know, the things that I have more than the amount of what, like of, of, of what I want. That's not really the way, the way that I want to say it, but like, I, I would rather live my life in a short period of time and really love it than live my life in a, a bit more extended period of time and really hate a small chunk at the end. And that's how I see lung transplant for me personally, right? Personally, I look at lung transplant and I'm like, okay, if I get a new set of lungs, is, I don't know, five years tagged on to the end of my life? If I get five years out of a new set of lungs or if I get 10 years, is the first three years, if it's going to be like real hard suffering, is that worth, worth it for me? And I don't think it is for me. I think that you have something else going on though. I don't think it's just I don't think it's the quantity the the quantity over quality thing. Yeah, cuz I jump all over you on that. Because because well, you also I've never heard this. Because you also you also had an adverse reaction when uh you found out from I don't know, I can't remember if it was Lisa Weatherhead or Yeah, somebody, well that's another thing. The about the extended. life expectancy being higher and you yeah. going fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is it higher? I've been going on this assumption for so long that I'd be that I'd be dead at at, at, at this age at the latest yeah. and now it's higher. And well, so, the thing about that is that I, you know, I was expecting, okay, 40 is this like <clears throat> this number. It's like, okay, 40 is coming. 40 is coming. Live, live to live till 40, live till 40, like kick ass till 40. And they're like, Oh no, it's 51.5. And I'm like, oh, shit. Now right. I so, made these decisions. So I'm not saving for retirement. So two things. So <clears throat> first of all, something that I get from you Excuse me. Yeah, just so, burp right into the mic. That's a great. Uh, that's great for the show. It's like, <laughs> something that I get from you is that I feel like you think that you will become a worse person if you, if you, if your life expectancy goes longer than you. Think no, I know. If you had a normal no. life expectancy, I think that you think you'd lose what makes you you. I maybe. Yeah. Which is yeah. total because, bullshit. Because death has become part of your life. It has. It's a huge yeah. part of my life. Because it's different than most people. Like most people don't face it until right. late, right? Totally. And, and they I want, love, they don't want it. I love Absolutely. that I have faced it. 
Yeah, well, most people don't. I'm really like most people can't proud about that. But yeah. you won't lose that. You're, you're I know, you. I know you already. I know yeah. I won't lose it. So the analogy I use, like I've not used a lot, but so pretend life is a as a, a skydive. Yeah, I fun, went skydiving. Right? It's fun. so fun. Love it. Fun, right? Yeah. But you know, if you, the chute doesn't open, it's going to end. So you don't. Ha- okay. Yeah. Like it's going to end, but it won't yeah. end fast. Splat. The last part. You're going to crash through trees and going to be pay, painful, uncomfortable, and all that kind of stuff. Then you hit the ground, and die. Right. So life's like that, right? Yeah. So if you're crashing towards the ground, would you want to open an accessory chute to give you a little extra time before you felt exactly the same thing and ended up the same way? But am I still going to die with that reserve chute? <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? I mean, of course, yeah. yeah. We, all, we all die, right? People, people after transplant will I die. I guess but so. Will it but give you that, John, okay. give you that extra? And it's all about quality of life. It's not about longevity. So that's what people, like you can't say somebody's going to live longer after transplant, but you can say you're going to live better. Like that's all what it's all about. So it's actually just giving you better. Right. That's okay. So, all right. And you, you never get on a train. You can't get off. By the way. And what's the and what's the progression to the quality of life after a double lung transplant? I can, I have to imagine it's getting better and better all the yeah, time. Yeah, it is. I mean, in particular, a young person, right, who comes in healthy. Right. Rel- you know what I mean? Like not deathly ill. You, you know, need yeah. uh, lung transplants. Yeah. 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 You know, you, yeah. there's different levels. But if you come in with with uh, particular cystic fibrosis, they do the best. The, the best survival, best outcomes after surgery, meet after surgery. Mo- Fastest out the door. So, yeah. all right. So let's talk about let's okay. talk about the particulars of. Yeah. Can I, wait, wait. I just want to. Yeah. Can I yeah. share my yeah. my thing that I wanted to say? Um, I I think you have this assumption of what it's going to be like when you die, like when you get close to the end. Yeah. And and I and I just know that you don't know what it's actually going to be like until you get there. And we've heard now countless stories since the since the last time we had this conversation. We've heard countless stories about people who have gone through the shittiest medical procedures and the shittiest recoveries and yeah. and have been in the worst places but the thing that they always say is that they're better now because of it right and yeah. and i think that if you went through something like a double lung transplant of course the recovery is going to be shitty and you're going to feel awful but but your perspective on life might just be that much more beautiful it, afterwards. It probably would be. And, I'm, I'm, and you're going to help more people. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. They probably wouldn't be. Let's get to the particulars, right. and then let's come back to okay. intervention. The, yeah, for yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get to the particulars. We, we and come back to I'm going to be drawing the incision. This is secretly chest. an episode of TLC's <laughs> intervention. Yeah, you, guys, you guys are going to fucking drug me, and then I'm going to yeah. wake up tomorrow with new lungs. And be like, what? What happened? This is the only reason why Doctor John came to Halifax. Dude, human sent. There's uh, a surgical team outside. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to one of you two guys, uh, but you're doning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I so, give so, one. <laughs> just saying, I give the other. Hi- hypothetically, I uh, right now my lung function is sitting around like high sixties, low seventies. I get pneumonia tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, it 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 drops my lung function down to I don't know like twenty uh, percent range, hmm. and I'm I'm hurting pretty bad. Yeah, it, it, at that point, are they going to go? You need new lungs. They may, you, okay. unless you, if, you might bounce back, right? But if like I don't depends. bounce back, don't say bounce they're like, you, yeah, your yeah. lungs are fucked. Let's you say, got pseudomonas, say, yeah. okay. you had the, the pneumonia, like you, you're just, your lungs are done. Well, they're not going to say, they're going to offer it to you and, and you'll make the decision, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you'll be feeling how you feel right now and they'll say, okay, 
there's let's be black and white about it. Right? Yeah. There's two ways. Let's right? do that. Yeah. So either we're going to try to keep you comfortable, like try to exist as you are. We'll try to keep you as comfortable as we can, try to treat you as we can, try to prevent another pneumonia from happening. If you're short of breath, maybe we'll give you some morphine to make it t- and go yeah. away a little bit. And that's all we're going to do. He'll take that choice. Yeah. yeah. Feels <laughs> and, so or we can good. do that plus uh, put you on a transplant list with the hope of getting a new set of lungs. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. How readily available in like general yeah. Yeah. in general are lungs? Uh, I guess in Ontario, where where you're at, depends what your size is and depends what your blood type is. Okay. But you would, and it depends how sick you are, how 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 fast you're able to get a set of lungs. Sometimes, so it's rather dependent. What's what's yeah, either, so either a short end. a short as. Yeah. Honestly, after having signed the form in a, in a week or so, getting a call, or even I, I remember one guy got it the next day, which was Whoa, which was really too much, wow. right? That's too fast. Yeah, and that guy's like, oh, no, I no, don't know now. That's hard, right? Yeah, so that's, I bet. That's very, that very be hard. But that's, hard. that's the risk you take, right? Yeah. Because as soon as you sign, the next day that pager could go off, which I think is is really hard because you're not prepared for that, right? Yeah. You're prepared. We prepare you for the kind of four t- months to a year kind of thing, right? Oh, man. So that's, that's where you're going to be anyways for most people, right? Yeah. You're going to be in that space waiting for, for dying, really, yeah. right? Now you're waiting with the hope of transplant. So you still may die waiting for lungs, but now you, they're waiting for the hope of transplant. Okay, let's keep okay. the transplant going because okay. I want to take this somewhere else. Let's keep the tra- let's keep the transplant going. So uh, I I say, all right, I'm in. Sign me up. Uh, and you know, they, I stay in the hospital. Let's say hypothetically a month later, someone's like, "We got new lungs for you. Here they are." Surgery starts. Yeah. What's that process like? The surgery slash yeah. like recovery of of that process. So, the surgery itself. It takes, uh, and, le- and let's just assume, want, I, I know that so there's a lot of like yeah. hypotheticals. Let's yeah. just assume that I'm someone who does on average pretty good. Okay. When, so when you have the surgery. Do, I don't know how much you want to know about the surgery, but yeah, the let's, surgery let's, is, talk, let's talk about that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you, you make an incision in the chest just below the rib cage. So it's like a clamshell. So they open it up that way. So it's open. They open your chest. Uh, they, they will usually take, they take the one out lung out first. Usually is your it, left it, lung. Is the incision like two, no, no, two it's J's? It's, ba- like, it's like, well, it's hard. To, it's like a, or is it a mustache just under a your, mustache under mustache your, under, under your, under your, under, under your, uh, no, no. Uh, usually just around the, uh, rib cage to the lower part of the rib. Cage. Lower ribs. Yeah, okay. Lower sure. Ribs kind of sits down around there. Like your floating ribs, that kind of area. Yeah. Okay. Kind of sure. Around there. So it's a little lower down, not quite right under the breast, but a little further down. Got it. And then they'll open it up. They call it a clamshell, and then they'll ex- gives you good exposure. So then they'll they'll take out the left lung. Come right up on the mic. Come, yeah, yeah, there yeah they'll look. Take out the left lung, and they'll replace it with a new left lung. And they'll usually take out the right lung and put in the, the new right lung. One now, you, l- one lung at a time. One lung at a time. Right. And then they connect everything up. So they connect up the airways, the the veins, and the arteries. Close up, and then you go back to the ICU where you usually spend, on average, two or three days, but can be shorter or longer. Depends how it went. Okay. How hard is it to get a lung out? 
That depends. So sometimes uh, it's stuck in there pretty good, but usually it uh, comes out reasonably easy. Like you got to cut it Don't out? Don't forget, I'm not the guy in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. But From you, what you know, you, you got to cut it out? Or no, you just, not cut it out. You have to kind of out. encourage it to come out, so you have oh, to kind God. of gradually... <laughs> Well, no, some people have had problems. And, yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. It's, it takes more effort because yeah. it's kind of stuck down and they have to kind of free it open. And Yikes. That, Is that the that mucus? Increases, or what's no, the, it's just fascial. Kind of scarring, right? Okay, like sure. it's, somebody's had surgery before or something, like yeah. everything's kind of stuck together, right? Yeah. So I imagine uh, if you problem. I imagine if you got it out, it would be hard to hard to get the next one in. No, it's actually, once it's out, it's uh, actually it, not too bad. Yeah. It frees they up the deflated space. deflated and then they, you just, yeah. you pump yeah, them up. Just, Man, yeah, that's so, it's that's pretty crazy. crazy, right? and, then, crazy and, you, and you'll see somebody come back and so, you know, and, and, you know, you see people in 48 hours, 36 hours, they're on, you know, very little oxygen and then the tube's out and they're sitting there and you think, wow. How do you keep them, uh, how do you keep them, how do you keep the oxygen going while the, the surgery's on? So they're, uh, usually they can fly on the one lung uh, okay. on, on its own. And that's why you do it one yeah, at a time, obviously. one at a time. So you don't take both out, but sometimes you have to go on a heart lung machine just to take over the function of, of both lungs. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So you get enough oxygen to the brain and other organs and uh, they, they're able to keep you alive through the surgery. It's very uncommon for somebody not to survive surgery. I, I can't remember, you know, it ever happening. Sure. It's very uncommon. So people make it to the to the ICU, and occasionally have to go back for bleeding or something like that. But usually things go well, particularly for young people, and they they usually have the tube, the airway breathing tube, mm-hmm. taken out. Like I said, two or three days. Okay, so we've had surgery. It went well. Yep. Uh, we're two days out. Yep. Breathing tube comes out. Okay. Let's say everything goes according to plan on a very like average schedule. Right. At what point am I walking out of the door of the hospital? So uh depends. So usually you're in the intensive care unit for we'll say now the tube's out, will be you'll either go that day or the next day. You'll go to a step down unit for five days and then you'll go to the hospital maybe for another 10 or 14 days. Everything okay. goes really well. Everything goes really well. So, so about a month kind of like three weeks, three weeks to a month. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And then, now, what is life like then? So, it, like, day I, by day. Take us through yeah, day, day by day. By day. It, I guess, I guess, I guess yeah. what, what's the, like, <laughs> rejection like is a thing, person, right? Yeah. Like, rejection is a thing? Yeah, because your body's constantly trying to get rid of those other person's lungs, is, right? Is, so, is graft versus host getting cured? No. Thing in yeah. lung? Okay. no, no. So graft versus host mean the, the lungs you got are attacking your body. That doesn't that usually doesn't happen. happen. No, not, not for lungs as okay. much. So other organs, yes. So more often you're trying to get rid of those lungs. So you're host versus graft. So you're yeah. trying to get rid of your immune system's prime. Like it, it doesn't want those lungs around. So you're having to shut down the immune system by using medications. Okay. So... <laughs> Generally, people do well. So they're off oxygen yep. after you know a couple months and they're walking around and they're getting the physio and the rehab and they're starting to feel better and starting to get through getting back to a normal life. Now, there's a girl that I follow on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, she is a CF patient and her Instagram handle, just give me one second here, is fight the number two and breathe. Her name is uh, Kaylee Sarah Haber. Mm-hmm. She is a CF patient that uh, has gone through double lung transplant. Uh, she has 23.9 thousand followers on Instagram. Uh, she's got some pretty incredible photos of her, of the process that she's gone through. And I've never, I've never actually reached out to her to speak to her. Uh, maybe I'll do it sometime. Um, but 
she's got these photos where she's wearing this sick looking Bane mask. What is this? Why is she wearing this? Oh, tell me about it. It looks like it, she looks like Bane from Batman. Do you know what that is? So what's she wearing? It like is it? Look, I can't really see it from the picture. Like is it an oxygen mask? There might, or? No, there, here there might be a, yeah. there might be one closer up to her face. Here, one second. Uh, I've seen those before. Okay. My uh, friend used to wear one of those for for training for sports. Oh, okay, here we go. Because okay, it was I, like I uh, an altitude sure. thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Why what is you, that? Yeah, I'm not sure. The, I don't know. Is if it the, more often mask? for training, right? It's, you would use that. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. altitude training. But it's not VO2, it's though. An, no, but usually it creates a low oxygen environment, like those masks. Is it, is it protecting I, like particle, air particles from Maybe. coming into her lungs? Maybe, yeah. Okay. Is it oh. for recovery, that's though, or is yeah. it? Well, it does look like it's for recovery. I mean, I'm, I'm basing it off yeah. of pictures. Yeah. I'll reach out to her. I mean, her the ones I've out. seen, I don't know what that is. I apologize. Yeah. But no, uh, okay. the ones I've seen are for training, exactly. Mm-hmm. The guys wear to stim- stimulate altitude training, yeah. Well, yeah, Which I, might guess, be, I guess the reason I was asking, because I was like, well, if, if I get one of those cool fucking masks, then yeah, I'll yeah, definitely we'll do give you the mask. Yeah, sure. We'll give you the mask. Fine, I'm in. Okay, so. Transplant is contingent on the mask. Yeah. So. What's the now for uh, and I'm curious to know. I would like to know what is a what's a bad case like. What is the, what's the worst case that you've heard of or 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 a bad case that you've heard of where lung transplant just didn't work out? Yeah. So people, well, people uh, don't survive the ICU stay, and they or they have a really long intensive care unit stay, and they never make it out of the intensive care unit. It just sort of drags on and drags on and drags on. But you know, I say to everybody, you're never on a a train you can't get off. Like you yeah. can, you can kind of say, okay, I, you know, that's it. You know, you can draw a line in the sand where you say, uh, go no further. Like I've, 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 I bought into this. I wanted to try hard and we've reached a point where, you know, clearly isn't going the direction that I wanted it to go. Like any treatment, right? You can always say no. So yeah. we rely on your consent, right? To say, keep treating me, keep treating me. But you're always empowered to say, Stop. Like, I, I, I've, you know, yeah. this has gone beyond the point where I, I think it's reasonable, right? Now, I'm curious to know what your, what your thoughts are on, and this is kind of a hot topic right oh, now, actually. Physician-assisted death, yeah. Dying with dignity or yeah. physician-assisted death. I was death hoping or, you get into that too. Yeah. yeah. So, because that's something that I've been kind of curious about and, right. and sort of looking into and going, well, there's going to be a day where I'm going to probably feel like... And especially if I'm choosing not to do lung transplant, where I'm going to go, oh, I definitely don't want to fucking lay in a bed and just ask for morphine until the day that my lungs just crap yeah. out. What are your What are your thoughts? And it, I, I mean, I, if if we can't ask this, then that's fine. But what are your thoughts? Not like doctor job aside. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that uh, that rule or that the legislation? Yeah. You know, I used to be against it, yeah. but I changed my mind. And uh, and what changed your mind? There was a colleague of mine who died, and he uh, he was a strong advocate for physician-assisted death. He wanted to die, and uh, it was wrecking his quality of life. And he felt that you know there was no option for him, and he was suffering really indignity of life and uh, mm-hmm. going through a lot. And he felt that it was immoral for him not to be able to end to his not life. have the choice. Yeah, right. yeah. And yeah. so really, his. Uh, 
his um, wishes and like advocating for this, like turn, turn, turn my whole thinking around. And I thought, Ooh. yeah, you know, it is people's right to choose their destiny. Now, it's always hard, right? So what is suffering and what is uh, untreatable disease? And, you know, when is the person able to make those decisions? When do they have, maybe they're clouded because they're so depressed they can't see. Yeah. And you know, only if we're able to treat them better. So those yeah. are really hard right. questions, right? Now, in the, in the same conversation, yeah. now, and, and I, I, Jeremy asking John. Okay. Someone who knows a lot about transplant. Yeah. And someone who doesn't know me, okay. not, not a lot about transplant. Yeah. And that day comes tomorrow where it's like, Jeremy, you have two choices, doctor-assisted suicide or lung transplant. Yeah. Do you think that it would be an irresponsible choice on my part? And I know I'm putting you in the hot seat, but I, I am just curious to know just personally, do you think that it would be an irresponsible choice for me to choose the suicide knowing what you know about lung transplant? It's not irresponsible. It's your life, right? Mm-hmm. You get to decide. So, But would you be, uh, what, but would there be a part of you, by irresponsible? would there like be a part of you going, yeah. you fucker? I think yeah. just, I think just I, I do think the lungs, trying, you idiot. Yeah. I think you're trying to get someone else to make the decision. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not because because I, I want to know. This is the thing is I don't know enough about lung transplant, right? Yeah. And from what I've, that's, I've never done the research yeah. and I've always gone, well, I just don't want to, I just don't want to hurt. I don't that's want That's my pain. thing. Dude, that's my thing. And that's what we talked about in the, in an episode a few weeks ago. <laughs> it was, it was about, dude, but this is why it's, it, this is, <laughs> is why you're, this heavy? No. no. Yeah, but this yeah, is why, this is why your opinion about <laughs> lung transplant pisses me off so much yeah. because <laughs> you're, you're openly saying, well, I don't know mu- that much about it, but I would never do it. Like I just rather die. Because I would rather die. I, I would. I in my mind, I would rather not put up with the potential of really, really harsh suffering. But you don't know. Yeah. You don't even. You're, you're saying. I that you know, don't and know that's why I'm about. asking but, but Dr. You could, John. But you could have. It doesn't. It also. You could go that direction with transplant too, and exactly the same thing. So, so you have a good outcome after transplant, right? Yeah. And then eventually, at some point in your life, the transplant so as fails. As, right. As long as they're going to end, exactly. You can make yeah. exactly that same decision then. But then you 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 won. If you will, because it's a game, right? Yeah, five, ten years, good years, and you, you can, you always have that option. You're what's just the, playing. What's, what's an extra the card. most someone has done lung transplant? I know a girl who's up for. She's on a list for her second transplant. Yeah. Her name's Tara. She's a yeah. she's a good she's a fan of the show. Tara, mm-hmm. how you doing? Hope you're doing well. She has cystic fibrosis. She's right. up for her second. She's on a list. Mm-hmm. What's the most someone has done a lung transplant? Is there is, like how many people, times? Yeah, like how many, has people gone through it more than once? Oh yeah, we've done more uh, than we, twice. We do. Uh, that's uncommon. Like okay. a third time. Okay. That's really uncommon. Sure, but you know, people live more than ten years. It's all bell curve, right? Some people short a year, six months, uh, but most people survive longer than that, like seven, eight years, right? <laughs> On average, but that, but then, <laughs> you, but you want to be that bell curve, right? You want to be that bell curve. It's so funny. Right. You want to be on the lo- on the long end. Yeah, exactly. Sure. 10, 12 years. I know people who are 20 years out now. You know? When you came, before we started yeah. recording, you were like, I don't know, someone said something about like, oh yeah, transplant. We talk about transplant. And and you were like, yeah, because I want to talk about that. And yeah. I went, oh, you think yeah. you're going to change my mind? And yeah. you were like, yeah, fucking yeah. Have. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not saying you changed my mind, but I am saying that you you definitely... Just this conversation right here has definitely 
opened my eyes up to to the idea of lung transplant. And this is the thing. We've never really talked about this, but when I was having those conversations about transplant and lung transplant and blah, 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 this was before this podcast became yeah, what yeah. this podcast is. And yeah. this this has given this you a is, new purpose in life. It has. I this was pod- making a th- joke, but... but, I, I, but no, I but, feel But you. straight up, yeah. this podcast is probably one of the most important things in my life. And, you know, I look at this as like like a legacy that I want to leave behind. And if there's anything that's going to like, I don't know. Yeah, oh, dude, man, yeah, now we're getting real deep. Dude, if you could live to be a million like me. No, doing, fi- no fuck no, that. No, no, no but no, doing no, this that, podcast, that you'd be in. Awful. Yeah, see? It sounds You're awful. Awful. <laughs> it sounds so awful. Like, like John was saying, it's, it's, a, it's a game and it's like no harm, no foul. You, you, you did say you one take, thing. Yeah. You, you take the you, shot. Because you're a competitive rower, right? Yeah, right. So is whoa, whoa, life, whoa, whoa, life whoa, 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 Come on now. Oh, Come on now. There's Apparently a big difference, a, my friend. Oh, is that right? Apparently that's a, that's a sore <laughs> issue. Oh, really? Like, okay. Of a, but you, there, was, there was one thing that you said yeah. that actually that actually really <laughs> resonated with me, which was which was yeah. that idea of choosing doctor-assisted suicide. After you do your first set of lungs, you can do that again. Like you have that. Yeah, it's not that, like that if you say no oh, now, you yeah. can never say yes again. Yeah. So why not take the shot, right? I mean, like yeah, exactly, yeah. no harm, no foul. Like you, you have the option. You this go through a, it. It doesn't work very, out. Very, very in- interesting conversation. You know what, yeah. Jimmy? I'm, the whole thing that I would say to you is that you don't, you don't have to decide right now. So <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. But like, it, but yeah. it's an interesting thing to kind of shoot the shit about and yeah. actually totally, uh, you know, contemplate. Yeah. Now, this can be beside this can be beside the whole conversation we're having right now. But I wanted to ask this right before we get even do- dove into the assisted uh, physician assisted death. What is the legislation in Canada for that? I'm fuzzy on exactly. Well, it, I think what's today happening. Yeah. it came out. Yeah, so and well, I, I, came, didn't, I didn't look into the specifics of it. it. Came into law. I mean, it was passed as law, right? So now the the feds, uh, the uh, Supreme Court of Canada heard. You heard that they uh, said that the provinces had a certain amount of time to develop policy legislation to keep them in line with the Supreme Court decision, which was to allow physicians-assisted death. They sort of came out with what, well, what is the definition of kind of sufferings? It has to be incurable right. disease, right. right? Well, most diseases we can't cure, so I'm not quite sure what that means. It probably means untreatable disease or untreatable suffering still. It doesn't, I'm not sure that's a very helpful decision or language anyways. But I think now what you're going to start to see is the provinces are going to have to de- develop pol- uh, legislation and hospitals, and we're doing this at our hospital, are going to have to develop policies to kind of deal with this, right? To, to develop uh, a group of people who can offer people this type of service if mm-hmm. they ask for it. Because it's, you have to, you can't say no. You have to be able to refer them to somebody who can. A physician help can, them say, can say no. Yeah, a physician, you can say no. You don't, you're not obliged to uh, be part of this, but you are obliged to provide people with that treatment if they request it, right. irrespective mm-hmm. of your beliefs. It's, it's similar to abortion, right? So right. Yeah. you I may will- or may not believe in abortion, but if somebody wants an abortion, you can't say, I don't believe in it. You can't have it. You can say, I, I don't do abortions, but right. I, I, I have to refer send you to, you somebody to where you can does. go. There's yeah, a exactly. very interesting conversation on uh, CBC's 180 last weekend about 
this is neither here nor there, but mental health and yeah. physician assisted death. It was super controversial and crazy. Oh, yeah. it, it was it was really interesting. Yeah, that's I think that's where it really is tangled. Yeah, it's def- definitely. Yeah. It's, sure. yeah, it's cloudy. It's cloudy waters there for sure. Yeah, I mean. You always find that though. It seems like yeah. I mean, like at one time, this, like you said, you you were against it. You changed yeah. your mind because of an experience. Like physician assisted death has been just shrouded in cloudiness and controversy, yeah. controversy for years and years. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I, man, this is this is yeah. this is actually See, like, I, such a good I, I keep on looking at. It. They have this crazy tiger on the wall. It's like <laughs> yeah. something's. I get saying something's wrong with that eye of the tiger. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of appropriate for in here because Survivor actually saying that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So it kind of fits in this place. He dropped acid. Yeah. He dropped acid right, right <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah, right that's before our, we put him up. That's our weird cross-eyed yeah. tiger. If you've never seen him, go to our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Sickboy podcast. Yeah, you can a little check frightening, it out. Actually. <laughs> It's been freaking me out. The oh whole yeah, it's real trippy. Um, Jared, wait, uh, Jared. The other day, the other day, I said something to you that that pissed you off. I was like, "You're we we were joking. We said that you weren't malleable." Oh yeah. So yeah. this is your opportunity this, this to prove yeah, that you're. Yeah. You just you found out that I'm a little yeah. bit malleable. But, <laughs> if you, but if you don't yeah. change your stance on your life, then you're then, then you're, you're not, not malleable. Yeah, and we, <laughs> and we don't respect you anymore. <laughs> um, uh, is yeah. So we're. Do you boys have any any questions? I wanted to ask, uh, and more directed towards like your work with the Ontario Lung Association. Yeah. Um, what is what are some of the things? I, I was fortunate enough uh, a couple of years ago. I did something for the Manitoba Lung Association where I did a yoga video. I I talked yeah. about breathing techniques and stuff like that. Um, so I've worked kind of like indirectly directly with the Lung Association before, and Jeremy's done his work with um, the Breathe Gala. What are some of the uh, what are some of the biggest um, uh, diseases that are affecting uh, like lung health in Canada right. that the that the Lung Association is trying to address? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good, great question. I know I think uh, like like COPD, obstructive lung disease, emphysema, which people it's got a bad it's a bad rap because it's most commonly related to smoking. Right? So people think, well. You kind of deserved it. It's got a you know, which is a terrible yeah, way lung, to think, lung, right? Yeah. I feel like lung, and lung cancer. cancer. Lung cancer is huge. Yeah, it does as well. As well. And, but a lot of uh, <laughs> lung cancers aren't smoking related, and uh, yeah. we know smoking's an addiction, like a lot of other things. And uh, a lot of people are in a pretty rough place. Maybe when they started smoking, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was their decision, but maybe if they lived their life differently, made different decisions, they would have decided differently. Now they're addicted because of this evil design system to deliver nicotine to your brain yeah. and get you addicted, right? And so you become addicted and you stay that way for a variety of reasons. And then you suffer some consequence of that addiction. So, you know, it's still, uh, you know, faces a society. It's a huge burden and it's a grossly underfunded group of conditions. And if you look at how lung disease is funded relative to how, how impactful it is to our lives, uh, it's it's shameful. So we're trying to raise that awareness. We're trying to get research dollars and try to get people to recognize that you know this isn't this shouldn't have the stigma around it. This is a really important condition and one which we really haven't had our eyes on for a long time. Yeah, so it, we need to pay attention. to It, it. is really really uh, fascinating, and, and uh, you know, in our line of work of being yoga teachers, and yeah. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't incorporate that into my life in some way or teaching it to others how to incorporate it into theirs. Um, I was at a, a, a Lululemon conference a few years back in Whistler, and a friend of mine who got up and gave a presentation on his uh, Crohn's disease and his issue with that, and he started talking about yoga's kind of transformation that it's had for him. 
And uh, he asked everybody to close their eyes to do a mental list of the 20 most important things in your life. Yeah. And now imagine somebody takes your head and holds your head down into a bucket of water. Yeah. And watch how quickly those things start to disappear off that list until the last thing that's there is just give me one breath. Yeah. And how important that is. Like you can go without food for, I don't know, like a month. Whoa. You can go without no, no not uh, a well, month without food. Yeah, well, yeah, really. Yeah. Hunger, like yeah, just water is water. Yeah. Like what, three, four days? Yeah, yeah people days. who go on hunger, hunger strike, they yeah. go for a long fucking right? time. And then you you whittle all these things down. Like, what are these things that you that you feel are like the most essential to life? And you you give them these these times of like a month, a week, three days, and it's like, man, you can't go, you can't yeah. go what? Yeah. So you can't go five minutes without yeah. without breath, dude. Yeah. Our asthma episode, we had a we held our breath, we had a breath holding competition. Taylor won. You just made two minutes. Like you, two minutes. That's amazing. It was fucking yeah. impressive. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. I felt real lightheaded after. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel very well after we did it. You did. I yeah, sat here. Good. I got real clammy and sweaty, oh, yeah. and I yeah. just went. And I went. I don't feel very good. Yeah. <laughs> it was a that was a fun little competition. And actually, we had some people write in, and they're like, "I tried it too. Taylor's really good at holding his breath. <laughs> I passed out driving my car. <laughs> I practiced lots. Uh, yeah, um, it is crazy how how we yeah. take it for granted. Yeah, it's true. And it's and it's the most well, you know, people that have it. It's every minute of the day they struggle, right? So it's like every little thing they do. It, it they can't do it right because uh, you know heart disease you might get chest pain on downplay other things but it happens intermittently right whereas right. people can't breathe that's like every minute of your of every day yeah it's your every everything. little activity right and you know if you're ever in an, you think I always um, do this little sort of breathing exercise to kind of mimic because it's hard to know what it feels like I get everybody to take a really deep breath in like to the top to the top of their their lung capacity so if you breathe in right to the top and don't you can't breathe out. At all. Now now start breathing, but you're not allowed to breathe out lower than that point. So, Jesus Christ, that's fucking oh, hard. I was just wow. trying. So that's, that's exactly what people then say. Dr. John, you're trying to kill me? My yeah, no, God. sorry about that. <laughs> no, so I have CF. Exact, you should have so gave me a exactly, trigger warning. <laughs> so that's exactly what people feel like who can't breathe. So it's, oh, so it's more that you're... Oh, God, that hurts. That you, you <laughs> sorry feel about more, that. Uh-oh. So you feel like you're... I should have been a warning. Everybody do this except Jeremy. Jeremy, you have CF. <laughs> you should know that. I was yeah. staring at him when I, when I, was, didn't I was talking to the rest of you guys. So it feels like more like you are at your full capacity yeah. and you can't... Can't exhale. For oh. a lot of breathe. A, a lot of... Oh, which wow. Is, most people don't know, right? So most people think... The, I, I would have thought the opposite. Yeah, but some people have, have uh, fibrosis or scarring, can't, that's can't move can't move their, uh, their, can't breathe in at all. It's like so you're, when your big brother would give you a bear hug, you can't expand right. your chest and you're smothering. That's exactly what they feel like. And you see the poor souls walking the elevators and, and you see every breath, they're afraid it's going to be the last. They're just terrified. And your heart goes out to them. And they're just struggling yeah. so hard. Crazy. Yeah. Breath, yeah. man, it's like. Yeah. So important, right? It's so yeah. important. Yeah. It keeps us ticking. Yeah. It's, it's one yeah. of those key, key things. Second by second, yeah. man. Yeah. 
Um, do you mind if I put a plug in just for well, I was actually, uh, Oregon donation too? Can I, was I, can I say that? that? Can please, I say that? Absolutely. I just said it, I please think. Please do. So, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Do it again. You know, because and, uh, Oregon donation is so critical, right? So signing your Oregon donor card, talking to your family, making them aware that you want to become an Oregon donor is like critically important. And so I don't even say, uh, you know, will you give you organs? I say, would you save somebody's life if you were given the opportunity? And most, like people say, yeah, of course I would. Okay, then sign your organ donor card. Like it's the same thing. Do you, so have, to re- do you have to re-sign it every time you? Yeah, you should. But it's a conversation. Like nobody's gonna look at it. It's gonna. It just stimulates the conversations. Like nobody's gonna take your organs just because your donor card signed. They, right. they need permission, all that kind of stuff. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you know, it's not not a Monty Python scene. So you're not gonna have people break into your house just because you signed the card, right? Coming back to the transplant, the transplant thing. One of the things that is kind of kept make me made me a little wary of transplant is if I get the lungs of someone who's a racist, will it make me a racist when I come to? That's a very interesting <laughs> question, Jeremy. You know? I that's what I'm valid. afraid of. Super valid. <clears throat> I've heard that too. <laughs> Dr. John? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> if he gets a set of <laughs> I mean, I know you're looking at Jeremy over here. You're thinking, okay, a, w- a woman's set of lungs probably would fit very nicely <laughs> in that chest. Um, so, so would he be, would you be a female technically once you get your lungs? I mean, <laughs> actually, uh, that's a good question. Could, could I take a female yeah. set of lungs? Yep. It's yep. all by blood type. It's only not not by sex. Sex organs have no like they, there's no, there's they, no there's no parts attached to them. But what? you did you did mention size, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did know mention what? size you, though. Uh, what, like <laughs> if someone who's a it's going to be a conversation. With sex. <laughs> okay, no, no, we're not getting the. Okay, hold on. It's someone who so I'm a five nine, hundred and forty, hundred forty five pound yeah. male. Uh, could I take the lungs Soaking of wet. a of a uh, a five one woman who's uh, like just shy of a hundred pounds. So you can, it's, it's harder to put a small set in a big person. So you usually can, can pare down a, a big Thank set you, John. into a Thanks. small person. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I know I am huge. <laughs> You're huge. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's all for today, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Jeremy's huge. You heard it here on Sick Boy Podcast. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so it's yeah. harder to take yeah, smaller lungs could, per minute. Yeah. The, but okay, it, what it about, can be a bit of a mismatch, what about but not a lot. bigger right? lungs going into a smaller person? So you can do that. So you, sometimes you have to take, you don't use the whole lung, you shave it off and you put oh, it in. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it sounds fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't try to regenerate? The Yeah, no, no, it just fits in its space. Eventually lives quite happily in there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they just remove the, the, the lizard. Uh, <laughs> it's lizard. Uh, <laughs> it sheds its skin. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Jared, I feel like you're definitely more interested now. I'm, oh, he's super I, intrigued. I'm, I'm a little intrigued. I'm a little intrigued. I mean, we're not going to fucking dive into lung transplant lists or anything, but I am a little more intrigued. Good. It's true. Good. It's true. Yeah. I, I, I would like to, if you, if you have anything specific that you'd want to say about the, the Ontario Lung Association and what you guys are up to, um, and what's on the on on the you know on the on, on the, the offerings? Yeah. yeah. So, well, like I say, we're, this is this is a big part of it. Just raising awareness about the importance of uh, lung health. We, we want to focus on how it's important to everybody. We've all been touched by it, right? It's such a common thing. Like, if not yourself, you know somebody. Like mm-hmm. you guys all know somebody really close, right? And it's affected you as well as them. So it's affected your life. So I think we, it's been not a focus of many people's thoughts. And I think we just need to put an eye on it. And I think we need to support it. 
And we do that through raising awareness and we do it through uh, fundraising. So uh, that involves supporting uh, at a local level or at a national level. In Ontario, we're doing the Ontario uh, Lung Association, but nationally through the Canadian Lung Association. So we'd encourage you to support those organizations. Each has its sort of local offices in some ways, a, a, a group of individuals who are working on different projects. So, so get involved in your communities and support the, uh, support the cause. Sweet. I just want to. I just want to say too before we end it off. Um, it, like, thank you for being the first doctor. Yeah, to, but, uh, this has been great. To, yeah. uh, was super you know, cool. this is so important. Like, you guys were talking earlier about the patient experience. Like, or the the persons. I hate not as a patient. Like, persons' experience. Let's yeah. be honest. People's right? experience. People's yeah. experience. That's part of the the thing we have to to get rid of. Like, calling them patients necessarily. They're people, right? Ooh, With right. the condition. Yeah. So. People's experience with disease of the medical system, we need to understand that better and we need to be able to treat people better. And, and more than just treating their disease, but treating them as people better. And so the more you guys talk, like this is such an important segment, a podcast, uh, I'm going to like go back and get a whole bunch of issues. I'm going to take it back to our hospital. I'm going to have them listen to it. I'm going to tell you this is going to be part of our uh, University of Toronto curriculum. Sweet. So this is, Sweet. I think this is an awesome show, guys. Yeah, this yeah, is fantastic. Thanks so much. Let's set up a partnership. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, we I'm love royalties now. We, <laughs> uh, we love doing it. And uh, John and Adrian, thank you. Like, thank you for setting this up and, and thank you for bringing everyone in and this is really cool. We're, yeah. I mean, it, we were glad to have you here, and and uh, you might have just extended my life by a few years. Who knows? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah like seven to twelve. <laughs> hey, it'll be fun being on the having you on the list. Yeah, if nothing else. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, that is it for today. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you. You know, obviously, I think if you've been listening for the last hour and a bit, uh, we feel and and we feel like a lot of you feel like this is an important conversation to have and, and an important important message to spread. And all we ask of you right now is that you go to iTunes and you leave us a rating and you leave us a, a review. Review. Oh my god! Every fucking time, <laughs> subscribe and and subscribe too. <laughs> Honestly, the reason we ask you to do that is because it makes a huge, huge difference in how many people actually see what we're doing. Um, it really does make a difference. So take two minutes of your day and uh, go, go leave us a, a review or a rating. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. We got a bunch of silly stuff that we put up. Check that shit out. And, 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 uh, and have these conversations with your friends yeah. and your family and the people that, that mean so much to you because we can't say how much this is begin to describe how much this has affected our lives. So yeah. thank you all for listening. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.